Hello and welcome to Lesbianics, the podcast. I'm your host, Javon Crumby. This is a show discussing the intersectionalities of queer, trans, and non-binary folks of color and life beyond our labels. And I'm so excited to do this. I've been wanting to turn Lesbianics into a podcast for quite some time now. And now that it's 2020, I'm just finally going for it. So I'm really excited that you guys are tuned in. Should be a good show for you today. This is The Highlight, a segment where I highlight queer and trans people of color who are doing amazing things for our community. This week I want to highlight Jay Mace III and Dane Figueroa Aditi. Now they just released a book titled The Black Trans Prayer Book on January 15th, and here's a description of what that book's about. The Black Trans Prayer Book is an interfaith, multidimensional, artistic, and theological work that collects the stories, poems, prayers, meditations, spells, and incantations of black, trans, and non-binary people. Often pushed out of faith spaces and yet still deeply connected to a historical legacy of spiritual essentiality, black trans people face unprecedented amounts of spiritual, physical, and psychological violence. The Black Trans Prayer Book is a tool of healing and affirmation centered on uplifting black trans and non-binary people and celebrating our place within faith. To get your pre-order of the Black Trans Prayer Book, visit theblacktransprayerbook.org or follow them on Instagram at theblacktransprayerbook and show your support. Alright, and right now we're going to get into an interview I did with one of my longtime lesbianics contributors, Trey Higgs, and we're talking all things love. From her journey of self-love and her glow up after leaving a relationship that wasn't serving her, and she also dropped some major gems on self-confidence and red and green flags to look out for while dating, and honestly, Trey has to be one of the most honest and real people I've ever known, and she stays cracking me up. So without further ado, here's Trey. So hi everyone, I'm Trey. Issa Trey on Instagram, I-S-S-A-T-R-A-E. And if it sounds familiar, yes, my Instagram name is inspired by Issa Ray. People <laughs> always ask me that. And I'm like, yes, of course it is inspired. She's an incredible Black writer, entertainer that I inspire to be like. Um, I'm from South Florida, Miami area, Fort Lauderdale area. I moved to New York uh, going on six years now. I can't believe this. I'm old. Uh, (laughs) I moved here in 2014 after graduating Um, I work in the legal field I also write I'm very silly so like I'm never growing up like to tell a lot of jokes and do a lot of dumb stuff (laughs) and um, yeah that's pretty much me in a nutshell I love it yeah and then also for you guys listening Trey had wrote a lot of articles for lesbianics I really appreciate you for that so much Trey (laughs) thank you I appreciate you Side story real quick. I literally remember finding your page and just yeah. being like, I'm going to DM this girl and see if she needs some writer. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most like successful professional DM slide ever. Right. And I was so glad that you weren't just like, what is this weirdo doing? <laughs> yeah, it was great. You sent me like a, a test essay real quick. It was great. That's the best DM <laughs> slide ever in history. Okay, for me anyway. <laughs> right on. Okay, so today we're talking about relationships. And I know you're in a relationship right now. I wanted to talk to you about that. Um, so yeah. first of all, before you got into your relationship, what was like the dating space like for you? Like, were you on any dating apps or anything like that? Um, so the dating space for me was very weird. It was dating apps. It was like Tinder. Uh, me and one of my best friends, actually, the year before I made a Tinder, we made some stupid pack to get on Plenty of Fish, which was terrible. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Plenty of Fish. 
no um and then just going <laughs> just going out a lot and trying to really dabble into the queer culture that's here in Brooklyn it's mm-hmm. so many like POC queer spaces so it was a lot of in person but it was also very you know that cloak of like online dating is kind of like comfortable now if that makes sense yeah like you don't have to do the most and be like out and about to meet someone so I tried to blend both mm-hmm. and I guess I had more success like on tinder and things like that prior to my relationship now yeah gotcha and you've been with your current partner about a year now right yeah it's been about a year we actually met in 2018 and we were both in like a very weird space like with our in our lives really um we met at Ari Lennox concert actually and vibed and it was really great and then we were both like we're in a weird space uh <laughs> so <laughs> we kind of were wrapping things up in our uh lives and you know, we didn't actually start hanging out again until the beginning of 2019. So I thought we might just like hang out as friends maybe a little bit and see if we still felt that little electric feeling we felt the night we met and we did. And now we never separated basically. <laughs> so yeah, it's been about a year. Yeah, it's very, it's very dope. Oh, that's so dope. Okay. Okay. And then, so at what point did you realize that you wanted a relationship with her or was it the other way around? Like, did she decide it? Like who did what? <laughs> Um, oh my God, you're diving right in. Oh my God. Uh, no. <laughs> so I think uh, we were both very hesitant, like to be very honest. Mm. Um, we started dating in January, literally January of 2019. So it was like a year ago. And um, we started just going on dates. And like, um, I think neither of us had really been courted, so to speak, because even just planning dates and stuff, we were so excited for it. Uh And then, like, it just kept flowing. Like, we went to a bunch of, like, shows or, like, we liked the same podcast. So we'd go to, like, live recordings. We went ice skating. We did. It was just, like, every weekend, every other day, we were hanging out. Even just, you know, dinners, checking out different bars and restaurants. It just kept going. So it was like, oh, my God, she doesn't hate me yet. This is great. (laughs) And then um, I think I, I had plotted on asking her to be my girlfriend, like, officially for a few weeks. And I kept getting nervous. And she since now knows the story, but um, I think I finally got the nerve to be like, we're going to go to a nice restaurant. And she loves Mexican food, so do I. So I'm like, you know, no big deal. Let's just hang out. And then I finally decided to ask her. And like, I think she was very mutual on it too, because she's like, oh my God. And she was very excited. But I think it was me first, if I'm going to be honest. I was just so like... I know that I want to be with her type of thing. So, I mean, I hope she felt the same way. She said yes, but I think I was initiating it more, you know, yeah. if that makes sense. So wait, you asked her to be your girlfriend, like over some taquitos or what? <laughs> <laughs> wait, I forgot you're in Cali too. So you're like, Mexican food don't sound that fancy. No, it was like, I took her to like a, a night, not really nicer. I don't want to say it like that, but it was just like a nicer, like outdoor patio, two story Mexican restaurant we had never been to. And I was like, since it's our favorite food, like I don't want to make it too crazy and like uh, fancy because we're really not like that. We're both very chill. Um, And then I just, I literally like second round of margaritas. I was like, so I want to talk to you about something. (laughs) Of course, margaritas. (laughs) Right. I was like, cheers. Okay, now let's get to the nitty gritty. (laughs) No, but it was really cool. Like as, as all of our dates had gone, we had just been talking and laughing and very comfortable so it wasn't anything crazy but I did create some awkward energy at some point because I was getting in my head but (laughs) but no it was just really like seamless and she was just like yeah oh my god you know and it was in during pride month so I feel like that was mad cliche now that I think about it but (laughs) um it was like it was June 7th actually so I'm like 
this is so gay. Why did I do this? And- <laughs> Girl, I too have done that. So don't trip. <laughs> oh, thinking, you did it. Oh, you did it at Pride? Oh, at wow. Pride. Now that is bold. I was like, we really like each other. Why don't we just do this? And she's like, okay. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, that's actually really cute. But I feel like that's so intimidating. I'd be like, what what'd you say like all over the loud like cheering and stuff huh right <laughs> and pretend or if the other person wasn't interested you just pretend you can't hear them what it's so loud out here <laughs> no that's so cute though <laughs> okay so before your girlfriend now how did um how long had it been since your last relationship like were you single for a while or yeah I was single for a while I did have like a little situationship that was very not not a really uh, helpful in my life but uh I ha- I was in a relationship from my from 19 to 24 wow. um I actually met this person in college moved to New York with them it was all this stuff and um ab- shortly after I got to we got to New York and we lived with each other for about a year you know I found out some things and, but then also we weren't happy so it was like mm-hmm. I can kind of see the demise of everything so from 2014 like the beginning of 2015 so when I started dating Esther, that was my my last relationship was in 2015. But I did date other people in between, you know, yeah. but nothing was ever to the status of like girlfriend, girlfriend, nothing like that. So Esther is my first girlfriend since my freaking college years. That is so weird. <laughs> I feel mad delayed. Like Things happen when they happen, you know? True, true. I started yeah. learning that later, but sometimes within that gap, I would just be like, is something wrong with me? Like, why doesn't anyone want to pursue a partnership with me or those things like that? And it just, you know, again, you know, you get in your head a little bit, but it was obviously, like you said, timing. It wasn't, it wasn't me per se, but yeah. So, okay. You mentioned that you met her in college and then you moved to New York. So you moved to New York with her or? Yeah, we moved to New York together. That was my dream was to move here and live in a big city with big, huge skyscrapers that now I can't stand. No, I'm just kidding. I still love New York. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wanted to move here and she wanted to, you know, be together. So she she came as well. But she was like a, a country Florida girl. Like New York was really not her seas at all. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like a huge breakout of her comfort zone. But yeah. for me, I had just known I wanted to come here. So I was more malleable to the situation and having to take public transit and walking all the time. Like, those yeah. things very quickly, we saw that we were very different people once we got here. Oh, yeah. I, I hear New York's one of those cities that'll definitely try you. <laughs> yeah, it is. It sounds like such a cliche. Like, I know who I am. Like, a city can't change me. All those things you think, I guess, before you do, like, a major move. But uh, it really does. It shows you a lot. It teaches you a lot. And then if you are trying to build with someone, if you guys maybe don't connect on the same type of personality, that mm-hmm. even shows more. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, so... It's very strange, but yeah, yeah. And you had mentioned situationships in the past, like you were saying you were dealing with situationships. Could you kind of define what a situationship is to people? Because I feel like some people aren't really clear on what that is. So that's so funny because I didn't really know that term until I was in a situationship. Mm. I think my friends (laughs) pointed out to me that like I wasn't really dating this person okay so this is what I've come to find out a situationship is first let me answer the question um I a situationship is where I believe people are kind of in a dating space mm-hmm. and intentionally not being you know specific on what they want or specific on needs and things like that in order to stay like either maybe just sexual or maybe just like in a comfortable space 
Gotcha. So that sounds very like generic when you're not in one. You're like, that could be anybody. But I feel like a situationship kind of lingers and messes with your head a little bit with things you can and can't ask for, things you want but can't really dialogue with the person because it's always a, a lingering thought. Like that's not my girlfriend. That's not my partner. Right. Um, so I think in being in one and realizing like when people will keep asking me, like, is that your, your girlfriend? I'm like, no, well mm-hmm. now it's been five months. Why aren't y'all? And I'm like, um, no, I don't think we're, no, we're just not there yet. So it yeah. became more of like a comfortable space to not have like a title and not really have any demands on one another. And yeah. it's a little bit more specific than friends with benefits because in my particular situation, the person was really just available and around. And so was I, I was available and, and willing, right, to participate. So I think situationships have several dynamics that are like very confusing, yeah. but can be beneficial if you're not really looking for any kind of tie down or title or even just any kind of demand from the other person. You could always just remind them, hey, we're not in a thing, so like relax. That's rough. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to turn it on you, but have you been in a situation where you didn't realize it might have not been going into like a we're gonna be partner space and then you just realized you were just in a situation? I kind of got blindsided by mine. This is when I was, this is like back in 2016. So I think I was like 24 at the time. And um, me and this girl, we were, I thought we were in a relationship for like six Oh, wow. <laughs> and um, I remember I told her I loved her and she's like, um, <laughs> yeah. and she's Wait. like, yeah. And she's like, um, I didn't realize like this was a thing. I thought we were just like having fun. And I just started. Oh, that's the word. Oh, that's the word right there. That phrase. I thought we were just having fun is literally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was devastating for me. But it was, it was at that point that I realized, okay, I need to be more intentional and I need to actually, you know, vocalize what vocalize, I vocalize. Right. Yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And they are kind of like, um, maybe just a little more common now, you know how, like, as we go on, when we get the dialogue for certain things. So like, I guess friends with benefits is probably the best title for something like that before. But right. then when you realize you're actually, there's a step up because you're dating this person, you're going places with this person one-on-one, you might've even met their freaking family all to realize one day (laughs) that this ain't, this really isn't that deep. And then you're like, wait, what? I guess it wasn't that deep. And then you start wondering, was it, or am I just, am I feeling too much? It's all really like a mind game. And it's crazy because you just, friends with benefits is very simple. And then when you add that middle ground of situationship, you're like, but we went to Aspen together. Like, you know, right. you're like, we, went, we did a four hour road trip to like, and you're, no, girl, questions. that didn't mean nothing. What are you talking about? Yes. Yeah. So that's crazy. And I, I mean, I, I guess I learned my lesson, but I, I've only, I've only ever had one of those. So I'm like, again, I'm like, who bit that bullet. Now I know what the signs are and what it looks like, but definitely not, not for me. <laughs> now I wanted to switch gears a little bit here. So yeah. um, on Instagram a few weeks ago, I think it was like maybe two weeks ago at this point, I was asking the followers on Lesbianics, um, what did your past, what did your last relationship teach you about yourself? And you replied that you were too passive. What did you mean by that? Um, wow, I did reply that. Why did I do that? And think you weren't <laughs> going to bring it up? No. <laughs> I was like too passive. Do tell. So this definitely goes back into, like I said, I really only had one real relationship before this one. So in my past relationship, passivity was something that I I was just so I really was just so not wanting to be oppositional with my partner that it was to my detriment and I guess I didn't realize it until it's 
I don't know, when I wanted to start speaking up about things, it was a problem. <laughs> so yes. so I have to take accountability for that because I did let, let that go, but let that go on for a while. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I was passive in terms of like, um, even just my expression of like self, uh, my, my ex used to really tell me kind of what to wear, what kind of identity in a sense as a femme I should be like, I used to get extensions all the time, like painful. I'm so tenderheaded, even with like my shaved Caesar, I'm still tenderheaded. When I brush my scalp, it's like, oh my God. Oh, wow. So I would get these like, you know, painful like weaves that I really didn't even like and they didn't really fit me. But I guess over time, I just kept conforming to that, right? I never spoke up like, I really don't want to get these. Like, I'd rather just keep getting braids. Like she, she didn't really like braids. And it's, it's one of those things now where I'm like, if I would never ask somebody what kind of hairstyle I should get. Right. But back in those days, I was just like, oh, she really likes weaves. Okay, let me go get a weave. Then it was like even just wearing heels and things like that. I'm just not that kind of girl. Like, I will do it now again in my future self. Uh-huh. Like, I'm like totally, I, I wear heels or not. I wear baggy pants every day or a tight shirt. And, you know, I'm totally fine with that. But mm-hmm. I knew what she liked and I never spoke up against. Like, I'm just not really that kind of girl. I mean, I even stopped longboarding and stuff when I was in college because I had to wear like, you know, whatever pants and be sweaty as hell by the time I got to campus again I'm from Florida so that two mile longboard had me drenched by the time I got to campus so I wasn't wearing like cute clothes and then like a couple times she would come to meet me on campus and immediately be like why do you why are you dressed like that and I'm like I just longboarded here like I I had a car but I just enjoyed longboarding you know but it was like things like that that I never spoke up against like why are you even talking about me like that like I never vocalized those things um and even passive in in our actual interactions as far as intercourse went and like us actually being intimate I never spoke up about what I liked and didn't like and I don't really know why other than maybe just not being comfortable enough to do so. Yeah, I feel like that's common for people uncomfortable talking about what they want in bed for sure. Right. And I didn't want to be like insinuating that she wasn't maybe pleasing me and I didn't want it to open up this Pandora's box. But really, it kind of was creating a Pandora's box inside of me because I was frequently uncomfortable or didn't want to vocalize what my opinion was on things. And I just felt like she was that alpha type of um partner and I and I let that dynamic exist really for a while so that's why when you wrote that I'm like whoo I used to be so passive (laughs) now I'm please you know it's like growth thank god but I love that that you've evolved absolutely yeah it was definitely like an evolving uh, process because even after we broke up like I remember just even being like the first time I went to go like shopping by myself something like that I'm like wow I really don't have to downplay wanting this outfit or downplay wanting to wear that. Like I used to do that so much yeah. that it was even just weird for me shopping for the first time, things like that, where I was like, oh my God, I don't have to hear her criticism about <laughs> what I'm going to wear. Hell yeah. And things like that. That's what's up. And I was going to say, I noticed that you radiate so much confidence in who you are, but I know you've also mentioned to me that it was kind of a journey for you. And so can you get into that a little bit more about just trying to feel sexy again? I really, um, my journey into like my self-confidence being single for a while and then really not having to, again, listen to or like even maybe want a certain type of response from someone really shifted how I felt about myself. Like, you know, it's one thing when you go out with your girls and I'm like, oh, bitch, you look so good. But mm-hmm. not caring about that from a partner anymore really built built my confidence, if that makes, makes sense. Oh, yeah. Like I used to literally get dressed and be like, immediately what do you what do you, you know and it's like that yes it matters of course it matters what your partner thinks in a sense but yeah. it shouldn't be to your your delayed confidence of even just knowing like yeah I look good you know 
right, without yeah. that cosign. So I think I think a few years of of that and just honestly maybe even just being out sometimes and the way women would compliment me and stuff like that. And I'm like, my ex didn't even do that. Like she would literally tell me what to put on and then be like, oh now you look good. And I'm like, well duh, you just told me what to wear. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you told me what kind of exactly. So it's like even just being out in my natural state and even sometimes I joke, I'll be like, I look like a bum right now. Why is this person trying to talk to me? It's <laughs> like I realize like I like you said, it's like you get to a point where you grow and you realize like it's not really about all that material shit. It's who, what you're radiating, what you're saying, what you're joking about, what conversation you're having. People can be attracted to that. Yeah. It's not just, oh, you have on nice heels, you know? <laughs> so that was the thing. And even now I'll say in my current relationship, I do this thing now that I never done before. I always send nudes to my girlfriend or I take them in her phone for her to find later. Okay, Trey. <laughs> Pro tip. No, um, really, I just started doing that. And I would just be home and I'd be like, babe, you know, did you see, your, did you look in your gallery from yesterday? And then she's like, oh my God, baby, you look so good. And just like having the <laughs> confidence to like, just sit there and take a picture really quick and yeah. it not really go anywhere, but just for her uh-huh. and kind of do it in secret. All that kind of stuff kind of built up my, my confidence a little bit because she's not like, please send me a nude. I just feel like doing it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know I look good yeah. right now. So I want her to see this. You know what I mean? And she loves that shit. So yeah, <laughs> if my- any of y'all take my tip, you better, you better um, <laughs> at me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you out here changing people's lives, girl. <laughs> right. And you're welcome. <laughs> So what would you say is different about your relationship with Esther versus your past relationships? Like, what's the main thing that's different this time? My ability to be honest with her and vulnerable with her is very, whew, it's uncomfortable at times because I don't think I've had that practice in my past relationships. Uh-huh. So I think that is a major thing that's crazy. Like, even when I'm feeling uncomfortable, uncomfortable about something, I'm just like, okay, babe, this is very weird. I've never even had this conversation before, but, and I can still, I know I can like lay out that level of discomfort that I'm feeling, but know that she's going to listen and be like really there kind of thing. That's something I don't feel like, like I said, I was, I guess, previously so passive that I never even possibly gave the opportunity Mm -hmm. for me to really speak up about things I want or like. Um, And that's where also accountability comes in because I can't be so mad at my ex for being so controlling when I was being very passive. I was playing into that dynamic. So at some point I also realized like, okay, if I do speak up, what's the worst that can happen? If I do tell someone how I feel, what's the worst that can happen? You know, that kind of thing. So with Esther, even like um, she's a photographer. So even just wanting her to like shoot me and like revealing clothes or like do like a random photo shoot, something I'm totally out of my comfort zone. And she's like, oh my God, that's such a good idea. Like, let's do it. It's not so much like, wear this, do this, da-da-da. And she's not just like, you know, like kind of <laughs> like making me second guess everything. Like I can really give her my vision. Um, even with my blog starting, I'm like, babe, I don't know how to make a website. Like I'm gonna need your help. Things like that, where previously I just would be like, I figured it out on my own. Like I don't even want someone to give me some harsh criticism and da-da-da. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like there's that healthy exchange of someone I can trust and talk to and really just be uncomfortable with for a minute until it gets more comfortable, you know? Yeah, no, seriously. And it wasn't easy even because I always used to preface things like, okay, this is going to be very uncomfortable for me. Now I just be talking. (laughs) (laughs) And even that she appreciated because she knew it was something I was working through. And you don't have to be this like whole perfect person. When you start dating again, you can kind of let the person know like, this is where I lag. This is kind of where I have issues with blah, blah, blah. Until they realize like, all right, this is something you can work on with me and not really kind of hide it from me. So that's really what I've I've learned just dating Esther, um, talking to her, being with her. She's very, very like open and very easy to talk to all the time. I love it. 
How do you feel about sharing relationships on social media? Like, do you guys have certain parameters that you said about like what you guys decide to share or how does that work for you guys? Um, that's so funny. So because um, Esther's a photographer and like her Instagram is mostly a portfolio, mm-hmm. she doesn't post me a lot. And I've actually never had an issue with that because her literal profile, Vanessa Buxtable, I'm going to plug my boo because she's an amazing photographer. Give her the plug. Um, <laughs> in New York City based and she's going to travel. No, okay. But um, she, um, she, yeah, she doesn't really post me uh, much. Um, with me, she doesn't really care either way if I post certain things. But like, we also wanted to make sure we weren't um, like doing it for the gram. I'm doing air quotes, but yes. doing it for the gram because sometimes you do get... Um, what is it like you get kind of like this this is something new going on like I want to show this person right away and that's fine too if that is how you exist there's literally no judgment in that Mm -hmm. but I think both of us wanted to be more authentic and intentional with when we did start sharing each other on social media if that makes sense um and even like I said if not because her professional life is uh, again a lot different than mine so it's like you know, if she doesn't, it's not an issue of like, are you hiding me? Because then that's a whole weird segue that other people go down where they're like, I feel like something's wrong. Why aren't you showing me off? That's not really what should thrive in, you know, someone posting a picture of you. You know what I'm saying? We like, we know social media is a thing and it's important, but that shouldn't be the end all be all. It's how that person really honors you and treats you. And, you know, if they're going missing for seven days, yeah, maybe you should wonder like why they're not posting you. But right. if, if they're with you and you're, you know, you have a thing and you trust each other, not a big deal. But I do think that sometimes um, just in general, I'm very silly. So mm-hmm. I'm just, as far as like a boundary goes, I'm very silly. And I know that I wouldn't mind posting something crazy of us doing something, but I know she's a little more reserved. So yeah. I, that's like one parameter. I know that I'm like, all right, I could record this and keep it in my phone, but like, I'm not going to be all being crazy. Like you watch my Instagram stories, you know that I'd be wilding sometimes. So <laughs> <laughs> They're entertaining. <laughs> right. Well, thank you. That's a good, let me not say wilding. I'm, I'm entertaining. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, sometimes she's like, babe, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, ah, oh, nothing. <laughs> she's right. the main one dragging me like, babe, why did you post this? But she loves it though. Cause she knows that's my personality, but I know that it's not something like if I was doing something really crazy, she probably wouldn't want to be like in the video, if that makes sense. But I mean, if she is, and I just won't, you know, I won't stress, like, this has to be posted, because I think that's very weird. Yeah, I think too, I mean, we live in a time too, where people are very, like you said, very performative and doing things for the gram. So a lot of times, I think people get caught up in like trying to keep up a certain image with their relationship. Right. So I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fine line to teeter. I think that's something that people that couples need to talk about, you know, like, hey, I think so too, because even amongst friends, you, you do notice sometimes where if you I'm saying you as in like ourselves, mm-hmm. if you don't see your friend, posting their significant other in the same aspect as they used to you immediately think something's wrong right like we've all done that we're all like oh she ain't posted so and so he and then it's like well maybe they just they're fine (laughs) like I mean maybe they're literally living their lives but like you said performative is the perfect word for that because we do kind of create things and visuals out there so that people can get a sense of who we are of, of the image we want them to see right so if I only want you to see you know Esther and I for example at brunch every weekend of course I could post that right but does that mean we're not eating if it's not on Instagram like you know what I'm saying like does it right. mean we never went out does it mean and some people truly do get sucked into that they're like I have to show that I was here we did this and we were there I mean fine but also realize that your real life interactions are what 
you know, are very important and not what people are speculating about or expecting to see. So, but I'm not going to lie. I would like to be one of those, those families, like in the future, like with my little cute baby and Esther and like, we're like, Huggies just sent us 10 boxes of free diapers <laughs> because our gay family is so perfect. Like I would love, <laughs> I would love to be one of those. I'm not going to lie right now. But, <laughs> but at the same time, like you said, performance wise, when you're just like doing it for people to see you're doing something that's whack I mean I feel like at some point everybody should outgrow that or even maybe like you said just talk about it like you I wonder how much partners do talk about that like hey like we were arguing all morning and then you went to work and posted a lovely picture of us like that's whack like that's super late like I wonder if people you know if people really have those conversations exactly now I was going to ask you because there's some people listening that maybe might be going through it in their relationships. I wanted to know, what what would you say are some red flags to look out for when in a relationship or just when dating in general? So some red flags to look out for, I learned this the hard way. One red flag for me is look out for people that don't have strong or maybe just a few platonic friend relationships. Like Mm -hmm. if you are dating someone who immediately has an issue with everyone that they know, I'm not saying they're a loner. Some people are loners and they're just not as active socially I'm saying if you're meeting someone who every person they know they have an issue with of some sort and they're letting you know mm. that they have an issue with said person who, who they claim to be their friend that's a major red flag oh yes that's I a- would get into examples but I'm gonna just say if that could make sense to anybody out there oh yeah people who have friction and constant drama within their people who they claim to be friends they're not going to be able to honor you and your issues the mm. same way that- Yes, I'm snapping. (laughs) (laughs) They're not going to be able to A, see what they're doing wrong because they're like talking to you about their friend. And I can't believe she went to da da da. And then two minutes later, they're texting each other in the group chat. You're like, wait, what? Um, (laughs) You're like, I thought this was the girl who you very early on. That is a very weird red flag to even recognize because you're like, oh, maybe they're just going through a rough spot. Everyone's friends argue. You start rationalizing it. But if you notice there's just that constant pattern, I would say that's a major red flag. What else would I say is a red flag? I would say like the major, like, I don't want to, I don't even want to step back into social media, but I do want to say someone who's like majorly different on and off social media, I feel like is a red flag in a sense, because unless you're like an entertainer or performer, because then that's different. That's very performative. You have to be a certain way. But if you're like a regular schmegler Joe and you talkative as hell on Instagram and you, (laughs) you got all this stuff to say all the time and you just... But in person, there is nothing there. I think that's a red flag as well. Mm, yes. That could be a sort of, you know, um, social anxiety. It could be a sort of this. It could be a sort of that. But I'm not really talking that deeply. I mean, when people are just completely different from who they're telling you they are as soon as they're not in front of you, but they can do that behind the camera. I just think that that's weird. Again, I have known someone like that before. And I was always like, why are you so Ugh, when we're in person? But life of the party. <laughs> In, right there's a disconnect there <laughs> that disconnect there is very weird and then you're you're dealing with someone who's disingenuous so again that's a red flag because how am I supposed to see like our level of compatibility even and genu- genuineness that's there if I'm not really seeing that when we're in person that's very odd too you know hell yeah um last red flag I'll give is really just someone who is not consistent consistency mm. we make so many rash like we will rationalize someone's inconsistency until we realize we ain't seen them in two months. Okay. Like it's crazy how we do that. And then you're like, Oh damn, it's January. I ain't seen them since November 1st. Like, I mean, I'm not (laughs) even kidding. We do that. We have all done. I've done that. We've all done it. 
consistency is key. And when people are there for you the first few weeks or even that, that trapping period where you're really into someone and then they just drop off or they start being very, oh, I'm gonna call you in 10, never hear from them. Oh, let's go here tomorrow, don't pick you up. Oh, I'm sorry, I was doing this. And then you never hear from them for Like those signs, let's not rationalize our ways out of that. That is a red flag and you need to kind of address it, deal with it, hope it improves or you need to dead the person and the hope for the relationship, really. You can't, I mean, it, there are people that are going through rough times or people that are this and this and that, and they can still pick up the phone and call someone. They can still text you and say, hey, I don't want to talk right now. I am going to sleep. Like there are people that can really do that. Mm-hmm. And then you get the people that are on the other opposite scale that will just give you a reason as to why they've been inconsistent after two weeks. Right. And you're like, what am I still? And sometimes their freaking explanation is so believable. You can't even help but actually forgive them. That's the shitty part. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so it's like a, it's almost like a, a, a what is it, like a, a catch, like you're trying to catch up, but then once that you do catch up to them, you kind of release them immediately. You're like, oh, okay, I understood what was going on. Oh my God, like, uh, yep, that's, you got, you can't be doing that, girl. Not in 2020. That sounds very familiar. <laughs> and holding people accountable and asking for like legit explanations or even, do you even really like me? Is this that those things are so hard to do? It's not like I recommend ghosting or anything like that, but I also understand why people don't confront it immediately. Yeah. Because I remember one time I legit asked someone like, do you just not like me? Like what's going on? And I didn't like the answer because the answer was no, I guess, you know, I, you, I, I'm very busy right now. I don't know. Like, I'm just very confused. Actually, it was confused. It wasn't that they were busy. And I remember just being like, damn, bitch, I thought you were going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really do like you, Tracy. No, she was really like, yeah, I mean, I guess we, it was cool at first. And, and I'm like, okay, so what? Like, why are you even talking to me right now? <laughs> so the answer that you receive is not always dope, but you know, some, maybe that could be part of the healing. Maybe if in the future we realize, like, let me just ask this difficult question real quick. Do you even like me? Do you even see anything with me? Do you want to talk to me? Yeah, straight like that. Yeah. Okay, I feel that. Damn, I'm feeling a little Iyanla Van Zandt. I might need to change my Instagram name right now. <laughs> Treyanla. No, let me I love it. I love it. Oh, my gosh. No, so, okay, we talked about red flags. What would you say are some things that make for a successful relationship? Oh, green flag. Um, I would say green flags for sure are people being um, people being very affirming. And, you know, you don't always have to prompt someone to remind you of how important you are to them. Or you don't always have to be like the one to say, I miss you first, you know. So someone that's really affirming in other aspects as well. Like, you're doing so great at work, babe. Like, oh, my God, I love what you wrote last week. Like, things without having to always be that prompt. Mm-hmm. Um, I think someone who can just really naturally affirm you and it be genuine, of course, not just some like um, person who's just saying shit so that you feel better about yourself is a really good green flag. I mean, again, I have that in my current relationship and I love that about Esther. She's just always very positive and affirming. And like I said, even when I'm iffy on things, she's like, no, 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 that's a great idea. But maybe we could do that. Like, it's not a matter of what? That's so crazy. Like, you know, some people really do talk like that. You oh, like, yeah. could have could have let it down a little more gently. Right. So, you know, after, I, I feel like someone who's a very affirming person naturally is is a great green flag. Um, what's another green flag? Availability, I think, because we're all busy. Most people got two, three jobs. I mean, we've all heard about the millennials being busier than any other generation in history. Like all this stuff. <laughs> we're in the most debt. We're the most busy. We have the most jobs. It's like, you know, millennials are, you know, we're, we're in a very weird space. Right. But yeah. if you find someone that is really doing all their own shit, 
and you're doing all your own shit and y'all are still available for each other, that's gold. Absolutely. Really, because even just, again, it, I can only really reflect on my partnership now. Me and Esther are both very busy individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that it's never like one of those, oh, see you next week, honey. Like, it's not like that because we actually value spending time together. Um, don't let someone's busyness completely make you like complacent and like never seeing them right so I think availability is a good green flag especially when you know someone has a lot going on and they're still making time for you like that's awesome I love that those are good green flags yeah those are the two that came to mind so I'll leave it there but <laughs> again Treyana Van Zandt y'all better book, you know book me $20 each session <laughs> I'll be your first client <laughs> and these are all like cliche things again I think it's, it's valuable being able to just reflect on things you've learned because obviously five years ago I wouldn't have had the dialogue for any of this yeah. I'd be like a green flag is uh what Mario gets at the end of each uh <laughs> like uh, right level like That's I would not it. at all have an answer to right right um so it's just you know it's, it's all like within reflection and being able to say let me step back from that last situation or the situation before that and be like what can I actually say that applies to my life that can help me grow like that's really all it is Definitely. What advice would you have for people that haven't dated in a while and that they want to like put themselves back out there? Like what advice do you have for us? Oh, no, that's so <laughs> terrible. Did you say for us? For us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, girl. No, um, you haven't dated in a while. I think honestly, going at your own pace is a good, good. That's the first thing that came to mind because I just feel like that pressure is all around for like people to find someone, find someone, find someone that reminding yourself that you do, you can go at your own pace is really important. Mm -hmm. I mean, even when you go down like some Twitter rabbit hole, sometimes you see people comment about like being single and like, oh, I just really idolize this. I want to be able to cuddle. I want to be able to do these things, but not realizing like maybe you're just not there yet. Right. Like you may not, you may not really be in a space where you're finding someone because you're not really open yet. You're not really available yet for these kinds of things. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, truly, I was single for four years. Like, yeah, like I said, yes, I dated in between, like, very casually, like a lot, literally a lot of just sex. It was not. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even really always dating. I'm just trying to be a little more PC. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, realizing that you can take your freaking time is great because you do rush. Sometimes we do rush into things and then we're like, this is not what I was looking for. Oh, I wasn't ready for this. Or, oh, I met the wrong person because I was so like ready to just meet someone so if you haven't dated in a while I would definitely take your time there's nothing wrong with even vetting people for a little longer than necessary like as far as communicating like you can talk on the phone and text someone before you go out on a date with them yeah. for a while if you want if, if a month is too long for someone it'll be the right amount of time for someone else you're talking to yeah like I know you know what I'm saying like not yeah. every single person wants to meet up the first time you text absolutely and that's okay you know so I think that's a good reminder yeah. Um, what else did I do when I was trying to date seriously? Um, I honestly, you know, I read a lot of books about relationships. One book in particular, In the Meantime, by Yala Van Zandt. I'm not even joking. This is a real book. Yeah. You mean <laughs> My to- mom gave to me, yeah, In the Meantime, Yala Van Zandt. It's, a, it's pretty old. My mom gave it to me because she's been a Yala reader for a long time. She doesn't watch the show because mm-hmm. I know that's what everyone <laughs> knows that Yala's <laughs> right. by. They're her crazy antics. But um, she gave me this book, In the Meantime, after I broke up with my ex. So it had to be like 2015. She came to visit. Um, and, you know, my life from last time she visited to that time was completely different. I was lonely. I was eating freaking Whopper Junior meals every day because I was just sad and whatever. Oh. And she bought me this book in the meantime. 
Um, and then another book I read, um, maybe like in 2016, I gave to someone. It was like a return to love or something, like Bell Hooks, I believe it was, or oh. all about love, something like that. Huh. And it was a lot of like guidance into like yourself, fulfilling yourself before really um getting involved with someone and I just remember being that like that was such a good book to read oh I see um, I googled it it's all about love New all about love yes okay yes that's it okay and I lent it to someone and now that I can't find it in here I'm like mm, okay <laughs> what did I give that to um that was a great that was just a phenomenal book I mean I'd like to read in general but um yeah I started reading books about like kind of self healing and that kind of thing that sounds so cliche and auntie of me no but but that too was a reminder that there's so many different types of and ways to reintroduce yourself back into an intimate space because dating is very intimate yeah you know you you you, there's no way to run from that so I think reading some of some and there's some other ones I can't think of the names of but maybe I'll remember Mm -hmm. um that really just reminded me that it's not really a race against anyone or society it really is within yourself like you need to make sure you're ready and if you're not ready right now that's absolutely fine right you know even for valentine's day you're single go out with your your homies if you you know are in a long distance relationship you know go still go out with your homies like you don't have to even conform to that idea of like i need to be this and this and that you know you just have to take your time really Absolutely. Well, Trey, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I really appreciate No problem. And then I'm just going to say for the listeners, once again, you can follow Trey on Instagram at Issa Trey. That's I-S-S-A Trey. Yes. And also, really quickly, I want to say I am launching my own blog. It'll be IssaTrey.com very soon. And I have to give all praises to Javon, who really inspired me to make a platform for queer women to tell their stories. Um, and that queer woman will be me for a while. I'm trying to get used to telling some more of my own life experiences in a sense, but making them relatable, obviously, and and sharing more of the things I've gone through in my life. I'm 28 now, so like the reason I feel like some wise person is because I have really tried to reflect a lot and talk a lot about things I've gone through that I never really thought there was a space to do so mm-hmm. and Javon was really that first space for me so I really appreciate that even like writing like three years ago I wrote uh, something about like being single in New York City shit like that I'm like I feel like I would never have ever talked about that because I'm like <laughs> being single is not something brag worthy but you made a space for it to be like give us give give our people some <laughs> encouragement into just living their life and that again like I said all praises to you because you definitely inspired me to create my own platform and everything so thank you girl thank you so much i appreciate you jay no problem and best of success to lesbianics i will be back on so (laughs) without question all right thank you Now we're going to move into the hot button issue. So this is basically where I pose a question or a scenario to you all. And in the following episode, I'm going to recap your responses. And even though this is episode one, I reposted a question on Instagram a few weeks ago. And actually the question comes from the account called We're Not Really Strangers. You should definitely follow them if you haven't checked them out already. And the question was, what did your last relationship teach you about yourself? And I got a lot of responses. 
The user at iQueen2 said, You can't save a person who doesn't want to be saved, and also the amount of trauma I'm willing to deal with when it comes to my own mental health. And yeah, honestly, that's that's a really good point. You know, a lot of times we try to take on other people's trauma. We want things more than they want for themselves, and that makes it really hard because you can't want something more for somebody than they want for themselves. So I definitely feel that at iQueen2. Um, at Active Game said that their depression is not mine, and wow, that one's that one I would say is pretty similar to iQueen 2's response. Um, you know, depression that's something that's obviously that has a lot of layers to it. But like I said earlier, trying to take on somebody else's somebody else's heartache and somebody else's hardships and hard times that's a lot, and it it does eventually take a strain on you. So you do have to make sure that you're protecting yourself too. User at forevers underscore Jones said, I will defend my partner to unhealthy levels. I cleaned that right up. No more. <laughs> Good for you at forevers Jones. Yeah, that's, that's right. I mean, if you find yourself always defending your partner's toxic behaviors, you need to do some self-reflection and ask yourself why you don't think you deserve better because you do. And the last one I'm going to read is from at support that, I think. Um, she said that I deserve so much better and to recognize red flags and respect myself enough to run from them. Wow. Yeah, I think that's a good one to end it on. You guys, stop ignoring the red flags. So the hot button question I have for you all this week is, if your partner asked to look through your phone, would you be okay with that or would that make you question the trust in your relationship? I'm going to post the question on our Instagram page and I'll let you all sound off in the comments. I'm going to read them in the next episode. So before I end the show, I want to give an interactive wellness assignment. I think it's so important to make sure we're taking care of our mental health by any means necessary, okay? So, and I know a lot of people think that you need to spend a lot of money to work on yourself, but there's so many self-care practices out there that you can do to keep yourself in a good mental space. So for this assignment, all you need is a mirror and a whiteboard marker. That's it. You could, you could do a pen and paper, but a whiteboard marker is a little bit better and you'll see why in a minute. So what I want you to do is write 10 positive affirmations, starting with the words, I am, and you're going to write these on a mirror, and you're going to recite these at least twice a day. And now the cool thing about affirmations are they don't necessarily have to be things that you believe right now. For example, if you're struggling with self-esteem, you should write, I am confident. Or if you aren't feeling attractive for some reason, you could write, I am beautiful, I am sexy, I am attractive. I wrote my 10 affirmations on a mirror in my room, and I make sure that every time I walk past that mirror that I stop for a second and recite those 10 things. And after a while, you start to believe them. And a lot of times, we can be so mean to ourselves and put ourselves down, so I think this exercise is a great way to help you fight that. Now, the interactive part of this exercise is, if you feel comfortable, take a mirror selfie that shows your 10 affirmations and tag us on Instagram at lesbianicsblog. That's L-E-S-B-I-O-N-Y-X blog. And I'll be reposting everyone who participates on our story. And don't worry, there's no time limit on when you can participate. So if you're listening to this episode a month or two after it's been posted, you can still participate. And I'll be posting mine as well. Can't wait to see yours. All right, everyone, that wraps up this debut episode of Lesbianics, the podcast. Once again, I want to give a special thanks to my guest, Trey Higgs, for that amazing interview. I'm sure you all took away some gems after hearing her because I was literally taking notes as she was talking. So thanks again, Trey. Also, if you want to contact me about being interviewed for a future episode, go ahead and shoot me an email at lesbianicsblog at gmail.com. That's L-E-S-B-I-O-N-Y-X blog at gmail.com. 
And don't forget, if you want to participate in the wellness segment or the wellness assignment, to tag us in your mirror selfie on Instagram at lesbianicsblog. And finally, if you want to support this podcast, you can make a donation to our cash app. Our cash tag is dollar sign lesbianics. That's L-E-S-B-I-O-N-Y-X. Thank you all so much for listening and I'll talk to you soon.